I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We've got a super special guest today. Legendary singer-songwriter Don McLean is joining us. You might have heard his song American Pie somewhere. Uh, several years ago, he agreed to do a webinar for Songtown, so we have a, a much longer version of this interview on the Songtown website. Um, we were on the phone, so the sound here and there is, is kind of wonky, but I think he had some amazing things to say. He started off kind of in an unexpected place, but he was giving advice to songwriters just starting out. So I'm going to start where he started and uh, let him talk to you a little bit about the importance of uh, setting up your songwriting as a business and having great legal representation. It's extremely important uh, for anybody in this business to find a lawyer was a, a transactional lawyer, a lawyer that does contracts and interacts with record companies and with the music business. And I have uh, someone named Chris Horsnell in Nashville at uh, Milam and Horsnell. Mm -hmm. And they are the best people for intellectual property, um, publishing, they represent Hank Williams' estate. Mm -hmm. uh, they've represented me and Billy Ed Wheeler and a million other writers for the last, well, me for the last almost 40 years. Oh, wow. So you need that because you need somebody who can analyze an agreement and tell you what it is that you are giving away. Right. We, fo we focus on a lot of what it is that we're getting, but we don't focus on what it is that we're getting away in order to get it. Right. And we're all desperate. We're all hungry. We all want applause. We all want success. We all want to get through that, that doorway. Uh, and basically, we'll do anything to do it. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's why a lot of people and get scammed. They're so eager. They're, yeah, they, they own they own the means of production, the keys to the kingdom. They own. Uh, they are the gatekeepers, and so they can pretty much extract whatever they want uh, from a songwriter, or singer, or performer, or whatever, in order to get through there. Mm -hmm. So, just to have a chance. So I'm going to interrupt Don right there. What he says is huge about learning what you're giving up in a contract because he's right so many times I've seen people take horrible contracts and they would come to me and they'd say, I got this and this and this and this and this. And I would look at their contract form and I would say, and I'm no lawyer, I would say, yeah, but you gave up this forever in your song. You gave up your publishing forever. You didn't realize that. Or maybe you gave up even more than that. So... You, you need as a songwriter to know what you're getting and what you're giving up anytime you are looking at a legal contract about one of your songs. And it takes a lawyer to help you learn that kind of thing. So next, Don talks a little bit about publishing, and he really puts publishing in a light that I had never thought of. So I want to share that piece with you as well. Publishing is like real estate. There are covenants, and there are laws, and there are rules that follow and travel with real estate through decades, even through centuries. These songs that we write are like 
we create real estate. And these songs, my songs have already lasted 50 years. Right. And whatever mistakes I made in the beginning, and I didn't make too many, fortunately, would have traveled out throughout that 50-year period. And if I'm able to retain copyright protection for another 100 years, it's going to travel for another 100 years. And, and according to the Supreme Court, they can, ex they can extend this uh, time period of protection for as long as they want. So it might... It might be forever. Right. So the decisions that you make in the very beginning have enormously long ramifications. Don gave you some great pearls of wisdom there because, well, like he says, the things you sign regarding your songs can last forever. So if that song becomes a big hit or a classic or something, you could be giving it away forever and when it could really impact your children, your grandchildren on down the line. Great advice. Next, I asked Don to describe a song that had influenced him and that he thought was profound. And here's his answer. I mean, the way you look tonight, a song like that, is, says so much about the, the experience we have in life and romance and everything else that we remember. At the time of our death, you know, we'll think about things in life and you'll probably think of someone the way they look some night. Right. And, and there's nothing more profound than that. You can use all the words you want, but it's so simple. It's boiled down to that. Right. And that's what these people had a genius to be able to do. If you don't know that song, you should go check it out, and you'll see what he's talking about. So next we had a little discussion about the way he blends conversational lyrics and poetry, and I think you'll find it interesting. One of the things I was struck by at your concert a couple weeks ago was the beautiful way you blend poetic lyric with just hitting someone straight in the heart with real simple language. And, and one of my favorite songs of yours is Empty Chairs. And so... Um, I was just gonna I was gonna read the verse and chorus in case people haven't heard it and then just ask you a couple questions about it. Beams of blue come flickering through my window pane like gypsy moths that dance around a candle flame. And I wonder if you know that I never understood that although you said you'd go until you did, I never thought you would. So that song blows me away in that the verses are such poetic uh pictures that you've painted. And then the chorus is just this simple message that hits you right in the heart. Did that just kind of come out that way, or was that something intentionally you did? I don't do anything. I never had a, you know, I'm, I never had a plan in my whole life. <laughs> I, I never, I don't even, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. But I know I've suffered a lot. I've suffered a lot in relationships. And, People have hurt me a lot, and I've had a lot of scars. <laughs> I have a lot of scars from being hurt, and uh, did you ever see Elvis sing the song Hurt? No. 
Yeah, well, when he was old, near the end of his life, go on YouTube and look up Elvis 77 and watch Elvis Presley sing the song first. It's a Timmy Euro hit, but Elvis made it, of course, his own. But Kane is an essential ingredient, emotional pain in all of this. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I'm not a professional songwriter. Um, like Irving Berlin or, you know, Carolyn Lee or Cy Oliver or any of these great, you know, songwriters, Sammy Kahn, Jimmy Van Heesen. These guys know how to, to talk about things. I don't talk about things. I feel things. I think what he says right there is really profound because I think it's so much more important to feel things and then be able to uh, get those emotions into your songs than it is to simply craft beautiful words. And I think that's what he's getting at there is that there's, you know, there's a difference in crafting uh, beautiful words that flow and that rhyme and that have a perfect form and all those kinds of things. But if you don't have feeling, you're missing an essential element. So Don and I go on to talk about the song Vincent. Um, an, an amazing story there is that the sheet music to Vincent is buried in a time capsule in the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, along with some paintbrushes and personal effects of Van Gogh. And that's the only item in the time capsule that's not uh, belonged to Van Gogh, which I think is a pretty amazing story. And American Pie was rated one of the top songs of the century, which is an amazing achievement. But I asked Don to uh, give people advice if they're aspiring writers or artists, and here's what he said. Find out who you are and be who you are and be proud of who you are and, uh, and improve who you are rather than try to be like somebody else. And there you have it. We have the rest of that interview on our Songtown website. If you're a Songtown member, you can check that out. He's had a lot of interesting things to say about Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan and other people that were contemporaries when he was uh, coming up. And so it's really cool to get to talk to somebody like that that's a legend and get their thoughts and advice on songwriting. Some of the takeaways that I got from that interview were get a good lawyer, uh, know what you're giving up and what you're getting in any contract, but also that one song can change everything. American Pie changed his life and uh, gave him the freedom to do anything he wanted the rest of his life and uh, to create in the way he wanted to create and and that kind of thing. So, you know, every day when I write, I go into that write with the expectation that this could be the day that changes everything. And to me, that attitude keeps me going every day of just knowing that, you know, one of these days I'm going to write something that's that's going to be a game changer for me. And I've experienced that several times in my life. So, I encourage that attitude as you write to, you know, go into your rights with expectation. So now we're going to talk a little bit about opening lines of songs, um, because I think they are some of the most important lines. A lot of times we overlook them, um, but I think the most important lines in a song are your title or your hook, uh, and the setup line for that, and then the opening line of the song. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why. If you don't have an interesting opening line, 
people may never hear your title. When I pitch songs to people, many, many times I've had them turn the song off before they even get to the title because I just bored them or it was cliche or it was the same old thing they've heard many times. And so they never got to hear my great title, you know, and I just want to go, wait, just wait a minute. But uh, the principle is if if they're not interested from the start, they're not going to be interested enough to play it for their artist. Or if they are the artist, they're not going to be interested enough to record that song and put it out because they don't want to bore their listeners. So I'm going to um, break down one great example of an opening line. And we'll kind of talk about why it works and what it does for that song. And I think that'll illustrate to you um, maybe the importance, but also the different jobs that opening line can serve in a song. So this song is called Two Pump Texaco. It was a hit for the group Diamond Rio, which is a country band. And here's the opening line. He was wiping motor oil off her dipstick. She was pulling on the hair that got caught in her lipstick. And then the verse goes on to say, And with the smell of her perfume, he forgot the smell of gasoline. As he was topping off her tank, she said, How far to Abilene? The song goes on to talk about a a gas, a full-service, old-time gas pump attendant who's really interested in this beautiful woman that's coming there, and she is so disinterested in him that she is picking a hair out of her lipstick and then she just casually asks him uh, how far it is to Abilene and she really doesn't give him the time of day. In that one opening line, he was wiping motor oil off her dipstick. She was pulling on the hair that got caught in her lipstick. We have been given the scene. We know exactly where they are. So if he's checking her oil, uh, he's obviously a gas station attendant. So we picture them at this gas station Uh, We see her in the car picking this hair out of her lipstick, which tells us that she is disinterested in what he's doing. So without even saying it, they tell us where these people are, and they tell us um, he's serving her, and she is not really into or interested in what he's doing. That's an amazing start for that song and it makes us want to hear more when I heard that opening line on the radio I was like whoa I've got to hear what's going on you know I've never heard a song mentioned picking a hair out of a lipstick or wiping motor oil off a dipstick <clears throat> they used fresh language and it just brought this song to life in that I could instantly see these characters I could see where they were I could see what they were doing but I also got a feeling I got this feeling of disinterest from her because, you know, picking a hair out of your lipstick is kind of a a thing like peeling the label on a bottle. If you're at a bar, you might be bored and you peel the label off a bottle that shows you're disinterested. You're just doing a mindless task. But those two lines pack in so much that it makes the listener want to hear the rest of the song. They want to find out what happened to these characters. And they wanted to hear the resolution of what's going on. So I googled greatest opening lines to songs. And here's some of the examples they give. I read the news today, oh boy. From the Beatles, A Day in the Life. That makes you go, uh-oh, he's excited about something in the news. What is it? I want to know. Draws you into the song. Coolio has a song that starts, As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's not much left. That's from Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, 
again, draws me in, gives me the feeling. This this guy is in a kind of a desperate place. He's in the shadow valley of the shadow of death, and he realizes there's not much of his life left. I want to hear what's going on with him and what's going to happen. Another one would be, uh, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city. That's Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Again, it establishes our characters. I see the dad and the boy. They're going into the city, and I want to know what they did. It draws me in. And here is a crazy example, but I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Is the opening line of Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. If you hear the line, I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, you have to hear the rest of the song. I go, this thing is whacked out. I want to know what's going on. But again, it paints you a picture, a very vivid picture. It's two things you've never even imagined together in your life. You've never thought of a werewolf and a Chinese menu. And it instantly makes you have to hear that song. So what I want to encourage you to do in the next few writes that you have or whenever you sit down to write is really give some extra time to that opening line and make sure that you are grabbing the listener in a way that's going to make them want to continue with you on that three or three and a half minute journey and hear the rest of that song and don't be content to have an opening line that's just kind of average or especially not cliched because those opening lines are so important to get your listener pulled into the song we thank you for listening as always. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Don McLean. I hope you enjoy our podcast and that you'll follow and subscribe. Rate us. I saw somebody today offering prizes if you give them five stars. We're not going to try to buy your love, but if you love us, we would love a rating. Uh, if there's something you'd like to see us do or that we could do better, we want to know about that too. We don't want to just uh, pay you to give us a five-star rating. We want to know what you think and how we could serve you better. Uh, also in the show notes, you can find some information on our Songtown books. We have one on lyric writing called Song Building, one called the uh, Songwriter's Guide to Mastering Co-Writing, and we have one called a brand new one called Mastering Melody Writing, which uh, is awesome. So you can find all those things on Amazon, or you can get links in the show notes. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next Tuesday. But before you go, we've got one song for you. It's called Darkest Hour. It's written by Randall Harris and John Kennedy. And it's awesome. So I'll leave you with a song. When darkness overtakes you like December Wishing it would end Watch you when you struggle And it drags you down again Think of all the roads we've traveled All those memories and miles When innocence was magic Nothing stole away your smile Just know that I I'll be the light in the shadows The hope you hope won't go away In your 
darkest hour In your darkest hour Yeah, we all have our troubles Hard places that we've been But it's not about the falling It's the getting up again The getting up again Just know that I'll be with you You can't find the sunshine Darkest hour. Your darkest hour. 